everybody to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hands and Harry. How's everybody doing tonight out in internet land? Uh, we hope you guys are doing super well. Uh, I am Papa Spice, a.k.a. Greg, and I'm here with my ever-faithful uh, sidekicks slash co-hosts, uh, Hands and Harry. Keep going. Harry. Keep going. <laughs> they are incredible men. They're here to serve up some hot takes as well. Uh, Harry, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I think the cold weather is finally here for everybody who comes to us for weather updates. Um, last couple nights have been pretty chilly, but I think I'm kind of getting movied out. Um, as, as you guys know from the last time we recorded, we moved our schedule up a day. And uh, in the last 15 days, I've seen either 12 or 13 movies. I've been trying Ooh. to keep track, but uh, it's like a movie a day. So it's uh, it's been a lot. Philadelphia Film Festival was a lot, but um, but no, I'm feeling good. It's, it's fun when you watch good new content that that makes you feel something again nice and hands how you doing (laughs) (laughs) see what i did there see what i did (laughs) oh man that's like peak dad joke that's great (laughs) uh i can't believe we're in november i honestly cannot believe like i I just this year flew i feel like i would like i it it should not be november and it's like coming up on like our one year of doing this like soon so we've been doing this for almost a whole year so a lot, a lot, you know, it's a lot going on in the past uh, 11 months, but uh, I, I honestly, feel, I woke up today thinking it was like April, but you mm. know, it was cold <laughs> and Halloween was a couple of nights ago. So it wasn't, it was, it just means it's November, man. I love oh. this time of year. I mean, it sucks that Halloween is over because October is probably my favorite month, but uh, November mm. is also really nice. And I love when there's that chill in the air and a nice you know, cloudless night where you can see all the stars. It's a bit nippy outside. It's perfect. So this is uh this is certainly my favorite time. What a nice, what a nice thought, Greg. What a nice thought. Thanks. <laughs> this has been nice thoughts with Papa Spice. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but uh, nice thoughts aside, we're here to talk Dune. That's right, and not just Dune, but Dune and Dune, <laughs> the uh, 1984 version, not as to well be confused. as. Yes, the 2021 version. Um, so we'll kick it off with uh, the OG, as it were, the 84 version. Uh, yeah, just a, a warning. There might be light spoilers for what is to come in Dune because the original Dune actually covers a lot of ground and the new one is kind of segmented. It's it's broken up in a part. So we, we don't know what's going to be in part two, which was just announced. Um, you know, mm. they could go super in depth. They could take some of the stuff from the original, you know, who knows, Um, but just be warned there. So uh, Dune 84 kicks off (laughs) with um, exposition for days. (laughs) I mean, dude, my head was ready to explode. There was so much exposition here that um, the, uh, the woman who is uh, splaining to us, um yeah actually you know goes on about a five minute tangent and then she fades out and then is like oh yes and then fades back in and more exposition uh it was just insane there was so much sci-fi babble and like look i read comics i've been watching sci-fi all my life huge star wars fan there's not going to be a lot that you can throw at me that i can't wrap my head around and i'm telling you every other word in here was something new, some new concept. And I'm like, what is going on? So like my mind is spinning and reeling from all of this dialogue. And I'm just like, I, I have, I literally had no idea what she said after it was over. It was a pointless, 
waste of time because I, I didn't remember any of it or <laughs> any of the, the crazy terminology that she said. Uh, what did you guys think about this? So I, I kind of agree because I, I think if I watched now, I um, I like tried to watch this movie years and years ago. And I like I think I remember that like head floating and like trying to explain like the plot of Dune, which I watched, you know, I watched this a couple days ago after I saw the the, the newest version of Dune. And I got like, if I didn't, I think if I didn't see the new Dune, I would be completely lost at what she was explaining and what was going on. Um, there is a lot. Now, anyone who's read the Dune books, there's a lot. Like it, it, it I remember reading them about six, like maybe 20 years ago when I was 16. And it took me a couple like kind of starts to get like what was going on. So the book isn't any easier. Like you think the movie would be a little bit better of explaining things. It doesn't like that first five minutes. I feel like, I feel like that hat, like that was necessary to be in there because it's, if you didn't have that in there, people would like that short explanation. People would be watching that movie on what the hell's going on. Like this is like that at least gave some kind of an idea of the overall picture of the world of Dune or the universe or whatever is going on. But it, yeah, there's a lot of exposition and it, it is, it goes, it, it's weird. It's, it's a very odd way to start the movie. Like you could just do a voiceover or you could do something or like maybe narrow it down to like a minute or two, but it was like, it was taking the star Wars opening crawls and just making it five minutes long and no words like that. That's, <laughs> it might as well that's been, what, yeah. That's what this was yeah. like. You can't expect people to sit there and listen to someone that like like a brand new character explain a brand new concept of a movie to, to people. It it was an odd way to start the movie. Um, but, you know, like I said, if I didn't see the new one, I probably would maybe skip past that and be like, all right, all right this this is it's going on too long. Like, yeah, you're right. When the head disappears and it comes back, you're like, oh, no, there's more like this has to be some kind of a sick joke. Literally to oh. me, it was like in the Bork year, the Jumblocks believed that Kerflavin, uh, and yeah. just on and on and on. And I'm like, what the hell is she talking about, bro? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. come on. <laughs> like overall, overall, the story of Dune is like, I, I feel like it's a very simple story, like on like paper. And you could explain yeah. this easily, but there's so many different, like there's very goofy names and, and very complex characters in their names. And they all can't be called Paul. <laughs> and it, it's, you know, they, there's different houses and then the emperor. And I'm like, OK, like, just give me the basic story. Because I like there's 15 Dune books. You don't need to explain all of them in a two minute or five minute for the most part. Open uh, little monologue. Harry, what do you think? Yeah. Were you able to make heads or tails of this? <laughs> yeah. So one of the best, you know, there, there's a way to put yourself in 1984 when this movie came out and. You don't have a pen and paper in the theater. You don't have closed captionings and you're just sitting there being like, huh? All right. Who am I? Who, who, what, what about the spice? What's up with spice? You mean like oregano, like pepper? Like what, what are we talking about here? And it's like, what, what I think the Dune 2021 or Dune part one is, as I'll call it for the, for the pod does a really good job of is talking about it and having the voiceover while also showing us you know, kind of what's been going on or what's happening or where, where it could lead. Um, it's also wild to me that there were three star Wars movies before this movie. And this is how they decided to tell the movie. Um, you know, David Lynch has spoken before about how he feels this movie is his one failure in his career. Um, and that he doesn't like revisiting it. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't care about it, um, anymore because it kind of broke him in a way when it comes to Dune. Um, 
which had its, you know, difficulties, you know, filming. And, you know, it definitely looks like it was kind of put in in the after because this is like the princess of the emperor, if I'm not mistaken, who apparently, I guess, plays a role in or the, the woman who's talking to us who plays a role in probably later on and probably part two of Dune, but just doesn't make any sense here. Doesn't really do anything in the movie other than be a voiceover guide that it seems like, hey, let's try to fill the people in on what this is because we don't really talk about it. We just jump into it. Um, but, and uh, I think, you know, to put a bow on it, I think this movie in this beginning part does a good job of setting the tone that this movie is going to be told to us and not shown to us. And basically all they're going to do is talk about, you know, Paul is going to talk about, he's the chosen one instead of showing us why he's the chosen one. He's going to say it. He's going to say, Oh, I can do this. Oh, is this the prophecy? And it's like, just, show it to us you don't need the inner voice work over of all that to like tell us so it's a good yeah a little a little rough in the beginning um i have to say uh so like one of um you know you mentioned not having a pen and paper but one of my friends on facebook uh shout out dan actually noted that in the 84 release uh there were little pamphlets of all the terminology that were handed oh, out wow. to guests. Yeah. Don't, I guess yeah. so they that, wouldn't that be confused. That is so absurd. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you need a, a primer with all of these terms on it in order to understand and enjoy the movie is a bit ridiculous. Like that's that's asking a bit much of the audience, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Hey, here's some uh, homework before you start the movie. Just uh, I know it'll be dark during the previews, but just go re- skim through it. Skim through it. Yeah, Take exactly. You bring your flashlights. Turn it on. So then when they mentioned something in, in the uh, 1842 preamble of, of Dune OG, <laughs> uh, then you can kind of check your notes in the dark and be like, Quizats, what? Like, what's going on? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was just that it definitely set the stage for me also and not in a good way. Um, costuming in this movie uh, didn't spend a ton of the budget on costuming. I'll say that because uh, we're in the Emperor's throne room and there's a bunch of people dressed in uh, hefty garbage bags. And <laughs> I'm like, what? again, this is a sci-fi epic uh, based on a much-loved book. And as Harry mentioned, this is after the Star Wars movies have been out, uh, oh. after Aliens been out. So we see, you know, prime sci-fi and what can be accomplished in that genre. And here it's like nothing being spent on costuming. Now, production design as a whole, I thought was pretty good. Um, The set design, practical effects, I thought were tremendous. But costumes, for some reason, were were just non, like, again, no budget going towards it whatsoever. Um, Any thoughts on production design? Um, I, yeah, the, the, the trash bags were a little, I, I don't know. I don't know where, like I, I, and I looked up before this, like this costs $42 million to make, which in today, and as of two, 2015, like I, I put out, it's like almost a hundred million dollars. So this movie costs over uh, almost a hundred million dollars and they're walking around with bags on them. And <laughs> like, I, and I will agree, like the sets were really cool. Like I, I, I think some of them were, were pretty neat and they had that like futuristic vibe to it. But the other half of your movie is CGI. Like as we get to like the desert area, like of 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 Arrakis or Dune, whatever we're gonna call it, it's see it's a screen of a, a desert at night. That is all it is. 
And a lot of like, I, and I'll, I'll admit, like, I, I think like some of like some of the like the costumes weren't like Harkonnens or Harkonnens, however, like in this one, they pronounce it Harkonnens. Um, I, I think like I think the makeup was done pretty well, especially with the Baron. And I and I, I won't I, I think that was kind of cool with like his, how like, you know, messed up and pimply his face was. And and I think some of the outfits were cool, but I'm where did a lot of this a lot of this money went the the CGI, which of the, like, I, if they were practical sets, I think they looked pretty cool with the production. But other than that, I, I'm, I'm confused where like, uh, like a lot of this money went to like, is, did they have to pay Patrick Stewart? Like, I don't think he was like a big, I don't think he was a big name. Like was Sting really asking for that much money? <laughs> it was all Toto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hair production design. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it wasn't bad at some moments, like, uh, especially when they were on, um, shoot, I'm forgetting the name of the planet where the, the Harkonnens were at. Like, I, I feel like it did a good job of differentiating. Data Prime or something Prime? Yeah, that, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Getty Lee. Getty. So Getty. I think they did a good job of, like, setting the tone for each of them, similar to the, you know, uh, you know, to Dune Part 1 um you know as well but like there's definitely some bad shots in this and like for me like when you see three star wars movies it's 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 going to be funny when we talk about dune uh part one and the you know comparing that against star wars now but you know for me like you have three star wars movies and like kind of the templates there and like don't get me wrong when you watch some of the older star wars you're like uh that's pretty cgi'd but it's like at least it like goes with it and like i think part of filming back then in the desert is you know probably super difficult um to do and to probably shoot and so yeah mm. some of some parts were cool some of the costumes were all right you know or distinguishable you know at least they did a good job of not making everybody you know one or two bland colors um but it definitely uh you know it definitely has some cringe cringy moments you know especially now you know watching it uh in 2021 okay um so, you know, going back to the the plot and um, just befuddlement on my part, um, you know, we're, we, we're in the emperor's throne room and, uh, you know, he's kind of going through his plot, I guess, if, if you will, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it wasn't super clear to me why he wanted House Atreides gone. And even like some of the creatures and the, the people that were in there, like that there was that giant headworm thing that showed up in like a space train. And I'm like, what yeah. is this? <laughs> like, who are these people? Yeah. What is going on? Like, I, I didn't understand any of it. I had to look up this stuff after the movie, uh, which is not a good sign. I mean, you know, I went in clear eyed and bright eyed and bushy tailed and all that stuff, clear minded and, uh, I couldn't fathom any of this. Like I just couldn't parse out what was going on uh, with half of this. So I don't know. That was a, a little disappointing. And then I was uh, surprised to see uh, Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart himself pop up in this movie. Cause I did not know he was in it very happy. Uh, but then he starts doing something with Paul in like boxes, like these weird oh, CG man. boxes. I'm like, what is this, bro? Hey, like, they look like Minecraft characters. That's that's <laughs> what they look like. Aren't dude? That's perfect. <laughs> they look like Minecraft. They, they honestly, when I saw 100%. it, I'm like, what? The? I'm like, that's Minecraft. 
Like it's just the big square boxes. Hundred percent. Uh, and again, I you know maybe I missed the line of dialogue. You know, benefit of the doubt. Maybe they had it in there. But they just start sparring with these things on. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, yeah. I get, you know, are these personal shields? Okay, maybe. But what what are the rules of this universe? How does this work? Like, I don't understand any of it. It looks terrible. So it's confusing and it looks bad. Um, not great. Uh, and yeah. then, you know, as far as uh, cast and all that stuff, uh, you know, another, uh, I guess, iconic scene, um, which I found actually kind of interesting was Baron. Harkonnen's intro. I'm just going to go with Harkonnen. I know this one calls it uh, Harkonnen. Harkonnen um, it yeah. Was, yeah, kind of a combination of like Dr. Pimple Popper mixed with some greasy, disgusting oil bath. And then um, he pulled the plug on this dude and blood starts spurting out of his heart. And I'm like, what? Ugh. what is going on yet again? This is probably the 50th time in this movie I've asked this question. Uh, now, the pulling the plug thing I, I found kind of interesting and they do do a really good job of making uh the um harkonnen's uh vile and you know grotesque and despicable um so good job i guess on that but again i'm like why is this giant guy like just floating around like he's you know veruca salt or whoever in uh willy wonka i mean it's just kind of crazy um so I covered a little bit of ground there with characters. Did you guys have anything you wanted to touch on with any of that stuff or any of the character intros? So Greg, what did you watch first? Did you watch this or the 20 or the part one? I watched this one and I think that was a mistake. <laughs> okay. Well, not, yeah. not really. I mean, you're only, if you watch this uh, and you watch that you're only going up. So I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, I um, was, it probably did blow me away more like part one blew me away more seeing what humble roots it came from with this but uh but i was so confused by most of it whereas had i watched i think part one first i i like they clearly explain stuff in that movie so i would have yeah. a better idea of what's going on here so all right so did the shields eventually make sense like for the a, like the big yeah a little here? more but it, yeah a little more but it doesn't right. okay. um i'm still a little confused on like why like close range stuff works and i don't i don't know or not uh, yeah. only certain close range things. It's like you know? slow, like a slow blade. They said like the slow blade or slow blade penetrated. Kills, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, with the characters, like I, I know maybe a, a like I don't even think I know. I know um, Patrick Stewart, Sting, and the principal from Kindergarten Cop is in this movie, um, <laughs> and Max von Sydow. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know the. I'm not even going to say the principal from Kindergarten Cop's name because I don't know it. So, but I knew her as that, and she was a lot younger. Um, well, well you know, years, you so. knew Kyle McLaughlin, right? No, I, I mean, I oh. know of him, but I, I feel like I've seen him in stuff. Like he yeah. was in Twin Peaks and all. Like I, yeah. I, but I, I wasn't like a religious watcher of Twin Peaks. So, like I, I know of his existence, and I feel like I've seen him in a few things. Like, but I don't know him as well as like any like any other like actor I would know today. Like, uh, like from the eighties, like. I feel like he was definitely big during the eighties and nineties. And I know he worked with, he worked with Lynch on a few things. So, um, but I haven't seen a lot of Lynch movies. I think this was one of the first, like, I, I think maybe I've seen like three or four. Um, this just happens to be one, like, unfortunately it has to be one of them. Um, but like the names at the time, I'm sure they were like with the cast, they were probably bigger names and they got sting. They probably paid him a bunch of money to be in it. 
Um, and like, I, I think, like, I think the chemistry, like, if you watch movies now compared to like movies in the eighties and nineties, like, I don't think movies have a lot of chemistry. Like science fiction movies have a lot of chemistry with their cast in like early seventies or eighties. I think a lot of it's based on like special effects and they pick like big names or it's just like, it's a lot of bad acting. Like some of the worst acting I've seen is in, <laughs> in sci-fi from like seventies and eighties. And that includes star Wars. Like some of that acting in that is terrible. Um, so I think like the, the 2021 has a lot, a lot like their cast has a lot better chemistry, but I, I like the the intro to Harkin it Harkonnen whatever we said we're gonna call him, um like the Baron, um really odd. I liked it in the in the remake, but this was just I, I felt like the Harkonnens were like very jokey and like weird. Like I I think how they were introduced like they they were a bunch of horn dogs is one thing. Um, I, I feel like that's like very hinted at with um, Fade or Frey. I forget his name. Sting. I'm gonna call him mm-hmm. Sting. And the Baron. There was like some like tension there. Like, and it was really uncomfortable. Loved it. Which if is his nephew, right? Yeah. This is like they're like they're <laughs> like approaching. They're like going into Game of Thrones territory here. <laughs> and um, and I I don't think like I think you know again this is the 80s and I I. I I, I think that's kind of the best you can do. Like, I think it was much darker and more mature in the remake and part one. Um, but it, if the job was to make me feel uncomfortable watching as, as the villain, it did its job because that, that guy's vile. And I still don't understand how he flies. If he has jetpacks on his shoes or if he just has magic or something, I don't know. It just, it, it made me uncomfortable. No. <laughs> thoughts on characters yeah i mean i think you were hitting it with the baron and and the the harkonnens there with like the way lynch style is is lynch is definitely going to make you feel grossed out if you've ever seen a racer head um you know mulholland drive there are definitely moments in both of those movies where you're creeped out weirded out and i think that's where he really excels in making you just feel uncomfortable um it it felt like to me like besides patrick stewart like getting on almost riding a, a dog at some point in the battle um, when he grabs the dog and he's just carrying it uh, and like, let's go to war. Um, that was really funny to me. But besides that point, uh, it doesn't seem like anybody's trying to have any fun in this movie or like, it seems like they all have the script and they're just reading their lines and we're moving on to the next scene. No, nobody really stood out. I mean, besides the heart, the Harkonnens where they're just like, listen, just go wild, like let loose, you know, do whatever you want, like laugh out loud, go the extra mile. Um, and so like, you definitely can tell the different styles, I guess, of the houses. And that's something else where it's like, at least they didn't make it all like the same and they're all fighting for, you know, one, one purpose. There, there's some, there's some differences there, but for the most part, it just feels like everybody's taking things too seriously, especially, especially Kyle McLaughlin. He's just, he's just like stone faced throughout the whole thing. And it just, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Like as far like, I don't know. It just, he seems like he knows he's the chosen one from the start of the movie. And it's like, he just continues to like, try to, to be that. Um, but yeah, it felt, it felt a little wooden to me for that. So I, I will say with like with Paul, like his introduction, like I, when he went and um, when he they get into the Minecraft suits, when he's just kind of at his desk and it I, I'll agree with like Harry, like through most of the movie, like 
I feel like it's opposite from like Timothy Chalamet. Like he, he's like kind of in not denial, but like doubt, like self-doubt through a lot of whether or not he wants to do like, and we'll get to that when we talk about that. But yeah, Harry's right. Right off the bat. It's just like this guy, this kid is like, he's a 16 year old kid. Who's just kind of like, well, I'm, I'm probably the chosen one, but like, he just like kind of, he, he's just like winging it. And he, and he shouldn't be as ha- like, he's kind of happy in the beginning of the movie where he's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's probably me, blah, 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 blah. And I like, <laughs> just kind of just, and, and like, isn't even trying, but then like, there's a point, I think once he gets to Dune, he just like becomes that like just very like stone faced and like no emotion and like those inner voices start and it just, and it's just kind of like, he just does not, he delivers all of his dialogue with just like, just, he's like a statue. So yeah, I agree with Harry. It's very, his acting is very awkward. Um, So, yeah. Speaking of the inner voices, uh, how did you guys feel about that? Cause I was not a fan. It's like, I get it. You know, you want to have these inner monologues and get inside the character's head. What's he thinking? But it was almost a crutch that Lynch relied on it so much in the movie. Um, I hated them because uh, I didn't. I feel like there were times like you kind of know who's talking because they show whose face it is. But just like, I don't need to know. Like, it, it's definitely an aspect of taking a story from a book. Because I'm sure there's inner dialogue from the book that they 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 address, and it's it's like a weird style that I know, like like Harry said with like Lynch, he kind of like has like his own style of filmmaking, and I don't I, I don't think it fits here because there's two. If you did one inner voice of like Paul, and I think it would work, but then you have every I feel like every character at one point has like an inner voice line, and you don't need that. You don't like and and and. Uh, it just, it, I just think it causes confusion. And I mean, like I watch it with subtitles, so it actually has to say inner voice, inner voice. Yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, but it doesn't say whose inner voice is saying it. So, but I mean, pretty much if they show you whoever's on camera, that's, that's who's doing it, but it was very unneeded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hair. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, it's funny. Greg mentioned it earlier about how he watched this one before he watched Dune part one. Um, and I watched it the opposite way. I watched Dune part one first because I didn't want to be tainted going into my, my Dune part one experience. So, but yeah, like the inner voice I felt like to me was just a way that in the, you know, in Dune part one where they were just kind of doing the, like either flashbacks or flash forwards or dream sequences and having the inner voice or doing the, the dark voice, um you know in a way as well so i didn't really mind it too much but again i I wouldn't be surprised if that was something where after it was shot they were like how can we put something in here that makes you know the audience understand what he's thinking or what he could be thinking in this moment and again it's another thing like where it's just they're telling us instead of showing us um which was just upsetting throughout the whole thing where it's like okay he's the messiah he's saying he's the messiah okay cool I mean, I like it definitely has a purpose in like books and comic books, but like in a visual storytelling medium um, or more visual like like movies, I feel like it's a crutch of like, I don't know, lazy writing or lazy direction. Like there's got to be a better way that you can have us see or feel what's going on through dialogue rather than just uh you know oh this is the character this is what he's thinking like let me just you know say five lines and it's like my inner monologue i don't know Mm. just it didn't work for me 
Um, so another scene I thought was uh, interesting, and by interesting, I mean super corny, <laughs> um, was Paul uh, lassoing uh, the Ugh. big one, the giant sandworm. Um, you know, the sandworms themselves were pretty cool, but I just I thought this scene was just it was so cheesy, dude. And like if I could describe this movie in one word, it would probably be cheese. Uh, but I just uh, I was not a fan of this. And, you know, like I feel like it was meant to be, you know, a very climactic point in the movie and, you know, a turning point where, you know, Paul has kind of gained mastery over his powers and you know this is representative of that and he's going to turn the tides using these sandworms and it just was corny to me played off really bad uh what would you think about the scene yeah i mean it's just like you're describing greg it's just you know there's this big climax of like hey you know because up in i don't know if it was around this point but i mean it's funny when you watch both movies, how like the first hour and 30 minutes are almost uh, the same. And then you look at the runtimes and you see, you know, Dune 2021 is about two and a half hours. And then the one in 84 was two hours and 17 minutes. And you're like, wow, we're like really on the same path here. How are they going to like crush this? And then, you know, we'll get so close and yet so, so far. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get into it shortly. How like the last half an hour to 45 minutes just runs. Um, but yeah, this, this was, this was real big cheese to me. I mean, he, he kind of like runs up to the side of it and, you know, I'll be interested to see what they do in, in doom part two with it, but yeah, it didn't really work for me. Um, but like you said, I was kind of digging the worms and kind of the special effects of that and the practical effects of that up until that point. And then it was just like, you know, he hopped on it and was just kind of standing there like he was surfing. And then he's like, come on up everybody. Let's all have a ride. And then you know, the, the majority of them are all just chilling there. And it's like, look, not that hard. So I guess it's just everybody's welcome once he's riding it, or I, I don't know how that works. So hands before we get your take, uh, if this was made in early two thousands, do we get CGI Legolas legs? <laughs> oh my goodness. Probably. <laughs> or he's just like climbing the Oliphant. <laughs> yeah. That's oh. terrible. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm just gonna bounce off this the sandworm thing. Like, it's so like I. I think like what, but with the, like the special effects like did not help at all. Is when he's on top of the sandworm, it reminded me of the old timey cowboy thing where they're running on like uh, like a platform and they're just spinning like the the background in constant spinning because it's just like he's not moving. He's standing still. And it's just like, he's clearly on a set. Now I know it's 1984, but he's clearly on like a set of rocks, like fake rocks. And you just see the background shaking. Like it's supposed to like imitate him moving. Um, I thought how it was done was like, it was a lot of cheese. That's a great way to put it because all these people are now riding like hundreds of people are riding sandworms. And I think the concept of that in itself is cheesy to have that in, in a movie now, I'm interested to see what they do in part two, if they include that, because I think they did a brief thing of it in in part one. But it just I, I don't think this I don't think CGI was up to the, up to par to include a bunch of people riding sandworms. Um, you know, I think the best like so the best uh, version of sandworms that we got it was be- in Beetlejuice that came out four years later than this and looks a million times better. Um, <laughs> Fair shout. Where'd that yeah. budget money go, Lynch? <laughs> yeah, the pace sting, <laughs> pace sting, and Patrick Stewart, um, and the old, and the old, and the old lady from Kindergarten Cop. 
(laughs) Yes. Uh, Before we move on to, uh, you know, just uh, final thoughts on this, I guess. But um, uh, the ending just felt super, super rushed. It was it was crazy. It's like you guys had alluded to earlier, but it just felt like that last act, I guess, the last third of the movie just flew by and it's like one thing after another and you know paul's sister they just kind of glossed over that and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. she's there and she's like grown and it's like what is going on i I just i don't know and the next thing you know he's off in space doing his thing and (laughs) boy it was just a lot to throw in a short time and that was another thing too was like uh i noted this in my letterbox review but like there it felt like with this movie there were like random intervals of time just missing like they just sped up and that's okay to do in a movie but like they do it without warning or like very little warning and it's just like oh here we are this is like five years later and boom 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 like bang 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 and then here it is it's another year later so i don't know i just i wasn't a fan of that it's an already confusing movie and premise and then all of a sudden there's even more added to it by just these random time skips uh harry what'd you think about the ending yeah i mean they're really running for the last 45 minutes like just like you said jumping from talking with the emperor to talking you know back at at heart harkonnen or harkonnen like just being back there and celebrating to then his sister's born and she grows rapidly. There's apparently a two year war between the Harkonnens and the Freeman, like where they're just kind of fighting, which they gloss over and just kind of say, this has been going on for two years. Um, and it's like, okay. Um, so that was, that was interesting as well. Um, again, it's just a lot of telling, not a lot of just like, you know, letting your story develop or, you know, it seems like, again, this probably was, you know, fell prey to, we got to wrap this story up. How are we wrapping it up? And it's like, it's gotta be two hours, you know, uh, not two hours. Okay. two fifteen max. Um, so, so yeah, it just really runs the finish line. Doesn't really do it justice. There's like, I remember I paused it with like 10 minutes left and they're getting to the final fight. And it's like, we're doing this in the last 10, like credits are going to be five of these minutes. <laughs> and it's like, so we got five minutes to wrap this up and it just kind of ends with him telling him, you know, and talking about what he, what he is and now he is the Messiah. And it's like, we're good and credits. And it's like, wow. Okay. We're here. All right. You really, you really push through it. So yeah, pretty terrible. So in that case, so hence. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I think it kind of, this, this movie, it's the the book itself is like six and like maybe 600 pages i think like 650 Definitely. and you're taking I, I and i think like to take all that movie and, and cram it in a two-hour movie is like almost like if you take out the 10 minute intro and like the five ten minutes for credits like you got two hours and there's a lot like i think they did a good job at keeping with like at least the first maybe half like if we're going to use Dune, the part one to comparison, they get to that part and then it's just like they put the pedal to the metal and they're going like a million miles an hour. And they're just like a million. Like I forgot, like I forget. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about his sister. And at, at any point, did they say like five years later or two years later or anything? Or did they, they did just at some point say that we're at war for two years? And like so they, they talk about the, the sister's they rapid the growth now. They just I mean, if they you had just, the titles on, you could read it. But yeah. Okay, so I missed it. 
So I missed that part yeah. where they said, yes, this is um, time has yeah. passed because just then like Paul's passed. talking about training people and tra- like, I'm going to take a hundred people. Then they're going to train it. I'm like, Oh my God, like what is happening? <laughs> and then at one point, like they're riding sandworms and then it's just like, then they, they meet up with the Baron and he does like a bunch of spins and dies spoiler. And it just, it get it just, it was unnecessary. Like they, they yeah. should have broke this up into two movies just, but you know, I, I think a lot of this might've been a kind of movie where like the studio at the time was probably trying to catch up the star Wars. And, you know, at that point, star Wars, star Trek, whatever it. existed. They were trying to just tell <laughs> yeah. 10 exactly. movies in one movie. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to take all this content and just blop it together. And then, you know, they're, they were already far behind. Like who, what studio produced this? I didn't even check. What rando studio produced Dune in 1984? I got. I'm gonna look it up. Um, right. yeah. It certainly wasn't Warner Brothers or someone. But um, you know, while while you're on that note, uh, I mean, I don't understand why they couldn't just go the Star Wars route and take like a section of the story and just make that the best that you can possibly make it. Like, if you got to break it up into two movies, so be it. But like to to ha- try and cram all of this in. It just it messes with the flow of the movie and it does itself a disservice. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they're just yeah. a lot. Like I think they do it. Like I don't want to say they do a great job, but they do an okay job. Like getting to the point where after um, House of Trades falls, and I think they do it. And and you know, I think once him and his mom are like I guess banned or whatever, they're supposed to die in the desert. I think it's good, but then what? I think that last forty five minutes is just it. It just does not. It just. Like there's not, a, I think they gave up, they gave up on story and whether or not that was like a studio decision or if that was a Lynch decision, because I read, like, I, I read a lot of stuff that like, like Harry had mentioned earlier is that Lynch hated this movie. And he said like production of it was hell. So I can imagine that he was probably just like, you know what? I just want to finish this. Like, I'm going to like, I prob- I'm probably going to lose my mind if I put any more focus on Dune. So hmm. yeah. Uh, um... Unnecessary. So maybe some of that budget went to Africa uh, because they did the score, the band Africa, not the country or the, uh, the continent, I should say. Um, look, I'm a fan or I, uh, Toto. I'm sorry. The band Toto, uh, who had the hit song Africa, <laughs> which is also a continent. Um, yeah. Dude, Dune has me so messed up. Like I'm all <laughs> tripping out on spice over here. You're, you're um, in the universe. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, Toto does the score for the OG Dune. And, um, you know, I'm a fan of the song Africa. I love, you know, Hold the Line. Uh, both great songs. I don't see potential in them doing a score. And I don't think it served this movie well. It just gave it a really low budget feel at their score. I don't know. I, I wasn't a fan. Um, hair. Yeah. I mean, I thought it had a, the, the score kind of had its moments, you know, in the beginning, I felt like it was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. But again, it's just something where it's like, I, it just didn't really work it in at any point and like make it a part of the movie. I mean, we'll obviously talk about doom part one and my boy Hans um, just straight killing it per usual. Um, and killing your eardrums, I'll probably be deaf in five years. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a letdown when you see, you know, uh, Toto. And um, I mean, I, I know Brian, I think Brian Eno or Brian 
I forget what the uh, producer kind of guy's name is, but he's done a lot of things with U2 and Coldplay um, throughout the years of helping produce some of their albums. So it was a little bit of a letdown that uh, that that happened uh, or that that didn't hit as well as it should have been a hit. Maybe they just should have played Africa the whole time and brought the reins down, especially at the end. Come on, imagine it like. Oh, man, I would have been into that. <laughs> yeah. Just take me on that right in there. Yeah. you already paid uh, him. <laughs> hands what did you think of uh toto here i did, did whatever <laughs> like, i actually had to double <laughs> i had to double take it because I, and they were like the big name in the 80s so like when africa came out so i'm sure they're like all right let's get them but i i i you know i the score was a little silly at, at points i think the music was very <laughs> odd choice um yeah but I, I had to do a double take in the opening credits when it said or score by Toto. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? And I'd like zoom back. I'm like, oh, yep, that's Toto. So and it's cool. It's wild because, you know, Sting's in the movie. He plays a, a fairly big character, but it's not like he has a ton going on in the movie. Mm, so you would yeah. think they'd work out some kind of deal where it's like, here, you can do the score also. And, you know, we'll give you this big part. Um, but no, <laughs> he had no parts to do with the score, to my knowledge. <laughs> nope, zero, no. zilch. No, they just got. He probably had to sit back and watch Toto destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, couple other thoughts here. I know uh, Kyle McLaughlin is Lynch's boy, but I just he didn't feel right as the uh, the lead actor uh, or the lead role, Paul Atreides. Um, you know, you guys had kind of mentioned it earlier with. Uh, him, him vacillating between, I guess, accepting that he's the Messiah and hey, I'm happy go lucky. And then after that, he's just stone faced, no emotion, McLaughlin. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know who I would have cast in this role instead. Yeah. Uh, I didn't go that far into it or think that mm. deep about it, but I know it wouldn't be him. Um, so, hands, what are your thoughts on Kyle? I did do, um, and one thing, whenever we watch like some of these movies, I, I like to go, especially train wrecks like this, I like to go and do like IMDb trivia. Apparently, Rob Lowe turned down the role for Paul and really? then it went to Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. So That'd it could be have been kind worse. of a spicy fit there. I could see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Rob Lowe's all right. I, I, I he's probably better than Kyle McLaughlin, to, to be to, to be honest he's probably better than Kyle McLaughlin. I don't think he fit in this he I he was probably like a, a like a like you know the popular like good looking guy at the time they're like all right well let's grab him he's like you know a, a, a young guy in his early 20s he's probably going to be like I don't I don't know who heart throbs if they exist in the 80s but they're probably just like oh let's get him he's a good looking face and so Whatever. There's been heartthrobs ever since medieval times, my friend. <laughs> I know. Just none that, uh, none that look like uh, Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> no, that's accurate. Eric, what are your thoughts on the uh, casting here? Yeah, I mean, I just think he almost looks almost as old as uh, as uh, his dad um, mm-hmm. in a way. Like, there's like if he just had a beard, you, you probably would have been like, okay, like he's almost they're probably the same age as. Uh, what was the character's name? Lido, Lido, Lido. Yeah, Lido, Lido. right? Yeah, Lido, 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 yeah. um, Lido, 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 so, whatever. Depends yeah. whatever version you're watching. If they want to pronounce, <laughs> yeah, it right. I guess, yeah. First name Jared. <laughs> yeah, I will say, watching a movie, do watching Doom Part One and then watching this and then hearing some of the terminology, you're like, wait, what? And then you know, you're realizing translations and just what they're doing, and 
you know, you can, you can get down a dark rabbit hole there with that, with trying to figure out what, you know, everything means and dialogue and stuff, especially watching them back to back. Yeah. Rob Lowe probably would have been an interesting choice. I think he probably had a more younger vibe even around then. Cause I think that was around the same time as um, uh, St. Elmo's fire. So maybe, you know, would have felt a little more high school, um, you know, I guess with that, cause I felt, I feel like Rob Lowe's, one of those people who just looks the same age even now as he did then. Um, kudos to him and whatever, you know, diet and stuff he's doing. Uh, but yeah, just not a, not a good fit uh, for sure. Just didn't, mm. just didn't feel right. Felt, you know, felt just awkward again, felt like, felt like a play where you're watching it and it's just like, he's just reading his lines and we're moving on to the next thing. There's no passion in there for it. Yeah. Um, I will say on a positive note, because there hasn't been a lot for this movie for me. Uh, I found the political intrigue in the movie. Uh, the fact that there was any uh, period um, was surprising and somewhat enjoyable. You know, it, it did make the story a little more interesting. Um, I going into this, I, I was going into Dune cold Turkey because uh, all I knew was the name Paul Atreides sandworms. Yeah and spice i didn't know anything else about the movie so no or seeing that there's a a subplot of you know all of this stuff going on and backstabbing from the emperor and everything uh was pretty interesting (laughs) um but uh, to summarize my final thoughts i'm actually going to read a letterbox review that i found because i think this is hilarious and it perfectly describes uh my thoughts on it uh although this is not from me this is from user patrick on letterboxd uh Felt like I showed up two hours before the final exam for a class I never attended and tried to skim through the entire textbook. I failed the exam, but at least the textbook had a bunch of cool pictures. (laughs) So, Patrick, I don't know if you're out there listening. I'm sure you are, because who isn't? Everybody's listening to us. Um, But kudos on the excellent review, buddy. Stellar work. Uh, I gave this movie a one and a half out of five. (laughs) Um, Not... I mean, look, there were a few things in there that I found vaguely interesting, but the execution was just so bad on everything. And I honestly, I don't ever see myself revisiting this unless, unless uh, it's an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which I would absolutely love. Um, This is a perfect movie for that. But I think because of it being so well-known i'm sure the rights are probably expensive to get it on the show but uh beyond that i just i was not a fan of uh dune 84 um final thoughts hands i i the only reason i would probably rewatch this and and just to bring this full circle with the um the old lady from kindergarten cop um (laughs) i would only watch this as if we were to do any kind of like drinking game of if they ever said like (laughs) Any kind of like Maldive or whatever, however they pronounce it, or spice, oh, yeah. <laughs> or something. Um, for the the people listening that weren't aware, if you have some fun drinking games with Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, Kindergarten Cops a perfect one. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's the only time I'd rewatch this. Um, never again. I, I I honestly have no desire. I don't care if Catherine's kind of like, you know what? I want to go and watch some old science fiction movies. We're going to watch Dune 1984. Like, it's all on you. All that's what reality is that in? Wow. That's 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 interesting. That's some kind of (laughs) alternate, uh, like Loki reality going on. Uh, Out of five, what would you score it? 
Uh, one. <laughs> nice. I, 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 that's, I'm being very nice. I'm being very, I, I one, I think the effects were kind of cool. I think I understand what they were trying to do. And, and I, I think universal actually distributed this. So I, I think I, I understand what they were trying to do. And I, and I guess I, I applaud their attempts, but, uh, it just kind of, no, like it gets a one. It's lucky it didn't get a zero. I didn't letterbox it, but I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> nice <laughs> hair final thoughts yeah i mean i gave it a two stars um mainly because i think sometimes a movie has to be really bad and this had at least like i felt watching and it, greg it's so interesting because i feel like if you were to watch dune part one and then watch this you would have saw they were doing a good job or at least of trying to explain things mm. um but yeah going in blind and being like i'm gonna watch this before i watch the new dune you're just gonna feel lost you're going to feel like you're showing up to the test and you set myself study. up for failure. <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, otherwise there's, there's, there's some, you know, like we talked about cool costumes, some cool practical effects, you know, but just, it kind of falls apart and it's not very well written given all things considered. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't call myself a David Lynch fan because I struggle with his films, which I think a lot of people do, but you know, at least, you know, what you can say with his other films is he's at least trying things or he's making you feel things, uh, whether you hate it or love it. And that's kind of the point um, with this. It's just, I feel as though too many hands got into the pot and, you know, kind of ruined it and ruined it for him, which is a shame. So. All right. Uh, well, that is our Dune 84 review. So we're going to move on to Dune part one, AKA Woo-hoo! Dune 2021. So 37 years later, hands, how do we fare? Oh boy. Um <laughs> Just so what I'm going to do going forward is just like, um, this is all I'm, I'm going to just say the original. So when I say the original, it's 1984 to avoid any further confusion. So uh, this was my most anticipated movie, probably since they announced it a couple of years ago. Um, 2020. 20, yeah, it was, it was a long <laughs> It was a long time. I feel like this movie. Was, I feel like this movie was supposed to come out like two years ago, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I know it got some delays because of COVID and. It just it it was definitely like every time they pushed it back or they kind of said it was gonna be the day, it was really sad. I got really excited when Denise said this is the date, we're releasing it. Bam. So um I, I went to see this the day it came out in Dolby, which um you know, I, there's a lot of movie snobs out there and they're saying you have to watch this movie in the best kind of format, whatever. You don't, you really don't. I I that's like, me. I would I, say that. You, I, I understand like there are like HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly like watching. I, I feel like there's a lot of movies out there that like you you have to kind of and I I would I, I guess in a sense agree with that. But it, it I wouldn't say like if I watch this on HBO and like my on, on like a regular TV, I think I'd still enjoy it. I just think you get a little extra from like the Dolby or IMAX experience, you know, wow. but um, I was happy that I did see it in Dolby. I think I might have rather have seen it in IMAX. I think the sound was a little goofy in Dolby, but whatever. Um uh, I think this, uh, the cast, I can name, the, unlike the original, I can name 90% of the cast in this movie. Um, they were, whether that's a sign of the times, I don't know. But Probably. Um, I, I think, you know, you have Timothy Shallow. This movie covers from the original, maybe, as we said, like the first hour and a half or so of the 1984 version. Yeah. Um, and it covers like a small part of the book, maybe the first half of the book. Um, so it leaves you with that you know, Lord of the Rings type ending where, you know, there's more and they're going to, you know, they're going to eventually do a part two, which comes out in two years. 
Um, same characters are pretty much in it. I think the only one that's not in it is Sting's character is not in the remake, but I think they might have given his character to Batista. Um, I think they might have remade Batista's character as the Beast like or whatever his them? name was. Kind of. I think unless unless they just never gave Batista an actual name, I think he's just known as the Beast. But he might be Sting's. I don't know. I, unless they confirm that in part well, two. No, they, I'm not sure. they called uh, Batista's character the Beast Raban, and Raban was oh, okay. like the one nephew from the first one yeah i wonder i wonder if i wonder if sting's character is going to show up in the next one he might yeah Uh, judging by the way i feel like the if you want to if you try to compare them i feel like sting's character could easily be you know put into this one as like you know here we're introducing him and he's going to be a rival or something at some point so Mm -hmm. i'm only going to be happy if they um they actually cast sting to be in that role so that was um but you know, I, my personal opinion with this, um, as I said, it was my most anticipated. It's probably my favorite movie that I've seen this year. Um, it lived up to like my very, very high expectations I had from it. Um, going from the cast, the movie, the movie is uh, is beautiful. Like it really is. Like I think seeing it. Like, and Greg, did you watch it HBO Max or in the theater? Uh, HBO Max. Okay. Come back. Um, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Right, well. All right, then. Sorry. Um, <laughs> on on my 4K 75 inch TV with seven. All right. Yeah, sound. So, right, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's it not my... like I'm schlepping it. <laughs> yeah, I watched it on my computer. Um, Humble now, brag so... from Greg over here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I got a new chair to want to, to for everybody to see. And I got my big Whoa, TV. Sorry. Check me after out. This, Shout out Secret this, Lab. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go watch us. it again on my 28 inch tube. Um, <laughs> put it on my iPod but, the way Denny intended. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think um, you know it's a very. I, I feel like even though they do a lot of shot for shot kind of remake, like shot for shot remakes into lines the new version, too. and line. Yeah, some of the lines are pretty. Some of some of the scenes are ripped directly from the original. Um, I think it, this is fleshed out a lot better in um in the one in twenty twenty one in part one. Um, I think you get much better performances from the cast all around. Um, you get Jason Momoa, who I'm not a huge fan of outside of, I don't know, like really anything. I think he's all, he's, <laughs> I hate him as Aquaman, but that's a, a story for another yeah. day. Um, yeah, my man. Um, uh, we didn't get that. We got, we got, I feel like he was kind of bro in this, but not enough, yeah, a little. not like he didn't overdo it. Um, but I thought he was fantastic in, um, as a uh, Duncan Idaho, which is, probably my new favorite name in even though it came from a book my new favorite name in movie history um that's so like you know it it gives you that sense of you know this this was at one point these are all humans and they were all on earth to name someone duncan idaho um sam wisconsin i can't (laughs) i can't wait till i can't i can't wait till chris has got to go to chipotle next time and he puts on his order duncan idaho and they write it on the board i might mr idaho i might do that now um you know i i i um it dives a lot more into it, it focuses a lot more on the story outside of what the original did i think the original rushed a lot and this is doing the smart thing by taking its time. Now, I think a lot of people, majority of people knew there was going to be a part two. So they weren't going to cram 600 pages into a uh, into this, which is glad, which I'm glad they did. Um, you know, Denis is one of my favorite uh, directors. So I'm glad he did this. I think he did 
fantastic work work with Blade Runner. Even even a couple of the set pieces, I think he stole from Blade Runner and popped them in this. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean I I can go on like pretty much. I could start like my own episode of just this and talking about how it looked. And ready for two hours with Dune. Yeah, Dune I'll cast Dune, coming like, soon. This I'll do this is my night. Dune. This is my <laughs> desert. Just a shot. <laughs> A shot by shot, like uh, anal, like analyzation. Um, but I you, you have know, to wear I, all moisture wicking clothes too, <laughs> <laughs> and and a big block. Like I'm gonna wear the old 1984 box as my shield. Yeah, there you uh, go. Just get some cardboard. Um, ah, <laughs> oh, that's a good Halloween outfit. Next year. Next year. Next year. Yeah, I'm sure all the kids will be able to say what that is. <laughs> Are you Roblox? Uh, uh, <laughs> Are you Minecraft? What are you, pal? <laughs> uh, um, but I think like, you know, there's some good comparisons where, but I think that what the new one, what the um, part one does really good is kind of makes it a little more serious in tone. Um, I, I think the 1984 was, was in that time, probably a lot of asset might've been done during the 1984 one where, um, you know, Denis seems like a little more head on his shoulders Especially. to kind of not go that route. <laughs> A lot of a lot There's of that lot budget of lynch. Taking, yeah, a lot of drugs <laughs> taken on Gideon Prime and just like messing with people and with the Harkonnens yeah. and the Baron. Yeah, just having a good time. I feel like Legendary Warner Brothers was a lot more comfortable giving him like a hundred million, however much this costs, than Universal did handing money over to David Lynch. So, mm. um, you know, I'm a little happier there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're gonna jump into a bunch of other stuff. What do you guys, Greg? What was your like kind of initial initial reaction going in? Uh, I, I mean, I was excited, but, um, I guess hesitant, uh, like I, let me articulate here. Uh, I was excited because it was a, a Denny movie, um, and he has not let me down yet. Uh, and big shout out to you guys for, uh, you know, kind of lighting that fire for me to go see his Got movies. You. Got you, brother. Catch up. Um, come here but, everybody comes here for good movies yes that's right uh but that said i wasn't excited for dune uh, the property and even more so after i saw the 84 version uh but i had faith that it was in the hands of an auteur which it was and it turned out amazing uh you know it was a great great movie lots of good stuff in it um I liked right away the the opening and they're explaining why the Fremen, you know, protect the spice and what the spice does and all this stuff where it it was enough to satisfy the knowledge that I needed without like blowing my head up in a million pieces. Uh, you know, Hans, you mentioned it was beautifully shot. Totally agree with you. I think the, the movie was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the score. Ever real and really well done from uh, from Hans Zimmer. You know, with Zimmer, he he's kind of like the go to guy for superhero movies nowadays. Uh, whereas I guess before that was maybe Danny Elfman or John Williams. And even though Zimmer is great, you know, he's he's one of the top modern day composers. I feel like he kind of has a lane and sticks with it most times. And in this movie, he did not. He strayed from his lane, and it was even all the better for it. Like, it was just so different than his normal work, and I loved it. I, I thought it was really, really gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are my initial thoughts, I guess, uh, Hare. 
Yeah, I mean, just going off your Hans Zimmer point really quick, I know he passed up to work with his boy Nolan to be able to do this movie. Um, so I, I think it was Tenet that would have been what he was probably shooting and doing during that time. So, uh, hmm. like I said earlier, Hans Zimmer, keep it up, baby. You're killing it. Like, keep doing your thing. Keep growing. Yeah. Keep keep making those sounds that go bong and blow out my <laughs> eardrums and make me have to be like, I got to watch this on my TV with subtitles. Cause I can't hear what the, the dialogue's going. Um, absolutely love it. So engrossing. Um, yeah. So I didn't see this in Dolby. I didn't see it in, on my TV. I, uh, I went to see it in IMAX cause it was shot in IMAX. So I, uh, I went full, full movie snob on it. Um, saw it alone because I uh, couldn't work out time with friends or family. So, uh, you know, solo guy going to a movie on a Friday night, um, Great. felt weird, felt weird going to a movie theater at five 30 on a Friday night and not having to clock in to start a shift and, uh, just looking around and being like, so this is what it's like on the other side. Wonderful. Feeling. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about expectations. My expectations weren't that high. You know, I was excited for it. You know, if you probably made me make a short list, it probably would have been up there in the top five or top 10, depending on, you know, but I felt like the trailer had kind of worn out its welcome. Um, you know, maybe that was because I was seeing movies that were just like, hey, we only have six trailers to show because we know what movies are coming out. And here it is every single time for an IMAX movie. Um, then they had the second trailer, which came out, which kind of hinted that there was going to be more to the story and that this wasn't the only part to it. And I think that came late in the marketing. So I think for a while people thought, wow, they're really going to try to do this, like and tell the story of Dune. And then, you know, as soon as you sit down to watch it, it says part one. Um, so I think they did a really good job of kind of setting expectations, but then also, you know, kind of going, I don't even want to say like Lord of the Rings, but kind of going in that route of like, Hey, we're, we got a larger story to tell here and we're going to do our job and, and tell it unlike the 84 version. Um, but yeah, man, wow. Watching, watching this movie, especially I, I wrote it down here, especially the first hour and a half to hour 45, even two hours. If you want to go that far, we're just incredible. Um, it made me question why star Wars isn't making these movies every two to three years. Like it doesn't seem like Denny makes it seem so seamless and easy that it's like, how did you guys screw this up? How did you drop the ball? And now Dune's here. And it's like, I'm more excited for the next Dune than I am for the next star Wars movie that might get announced. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think they're picking up, you know, they're, they're being carried, uh, you know, to take a football term like Derek Henry with uh, Mandalorian, um, carrying them all the way, but now Derek Henry's hurt. So sorry, Derek, um, get well soon. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I really love the Baron, um, arriving on Arrakis was, was really cool. Um, the first worm scene when they go with the rescue, I mean, that's why you go to the movie theater to go see a movie. That's why you try to see an IMAX or Dolby, like that scene right there, the sound pumping in the, the big screen format. Um, don't you theater shame me? Listen, I will. I will. You're going to miss it because Eternals is going to be out. You're going to have to wait for that re-release, um, you know, when there's nothing coming out. But uh, but yeah, absolutely just took my I don't want to say took my breath away, but like just blew me away with how how good the movie was during the first two hours of just making me be like, this is this is top tier. You know, this is this is why you go to the movies. This is why we have movies to feel this to be put into a world that we don't know. You know, I, I think I've talked about it before, but when I went to go see the first Lord of the Rings movie, um, you know, the fellowship, I absolutely did not want to watch it. I, it was out the same year as Harry Potter and I wanted to go see that, but Harry Potter was sold out. My parents were like, we'll go see Lord of the Rings. And I said, that sounds awful. I don't know what this is. 
And uh, my oh my, how pleasantly surprised I was and how much I loved Lord of the Rings. And I, I had similar vibes to that with Dune. And it's it's good to know that at the age of 33, you know, you can still get that feeling. I'm almost kind of getting choked up talking about it. Um, Ripe old but age. <laughs> but yeah, but getting that feeling of just like you're being transported, you're being told a story, you're being put in a world that you don't know. And here it is, um, you know. So so, yeah, those those are my kind of initial thoughts with it. But yeah. Hey, real quick, you mentioned um, uh, the Baron and, you know, his introduction, how he looked and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I, major props to the makeup because uh, Skarsgård was like unrecognizable for me. Like I, I didn't even when I nice. I think yeah. I might have missed his name in the credits or maybe I saw him. I was like, oh, well, you know, whatever. But when I saw him, I, I was like, is is that him? Like I had to look it up because <laughs> the makeup is so well done in it. Uh, and even his accent, you know, is uh, fairly hidden. So they did a really good job there with him. Yeah. I'll, and I, I remember like seeing when they released like the full cast list and seeing him on it, but I forgot because they didn't really show him. I mean, I think they showed him in the credits or the trailer, maybe like a scene or two, but not nothing like big. And then when I saw him, I saw his name on the credits, and, um, the opening credits. And I was like, Oh wait, he's in this. And then I saw him as the Baron. I'm like that. I'm like, I had to like squint. I'm like, is that him? Like Jesus. Um, but he looked great. Like he looks a lot better than, than the, the pimple guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he still floats for, I don't know why. I don't know if that's the spice is doing it to him. I, I hope he's that's got a long flowy black dress now though. <laughs> yeah. I got to read the yeah. book. I got to go back and read the book because it probably explains like why this guy can just fly like he's Superman. And he hasn't really like, fly he just goes up and just does a little like just he looks covers. like a ghost just he looks covers. like a ghost in the haunted mansion um <laughs> but it just i i know i i like i like his character a lot more in this one um he still does the same goofy stuff it's less horn dogish um i don't think he's trying to the um to hook up so with Batista, which is good so far yeah, yeah sure they still got part two um sting hasn't been introduced yet so um but yeah, I, I, one of the things I like with the Harken, Harkonnens, I think Batista needed a lot more kind of, I, I don't want to say screen time because I think they're saving him um, for, I would love to see him and, and Momoa go at it in the sequel. Um, like have like a, maybe like a one-on-one or him, Batista and, uh, and what's his name? I always forget his name. Uh, Brolin. Um, Gurney. Josh Brolin. Gurney, Gurney. Yeah. To have him like, I, I think, they would have like a pretty cool fight, but um, you know, we'll see where they go. Uh, but you know, I, I God knows at this point. Um, there's still they still have like 400 more pages to tell. Yeah, two uh, two quick points to yours. Uh, number one, totally agree with Batista. Uh, I think it rubbed me a little wrong uh, that he had so few lines because I just recently did a rewatch of the um, Daniel Craig Bonds and Inspector. He literally nice. has one line. And yeah. uh, so it's like, dude, if you're going to cast somebody and I get what they were trying to do, Inspector, they were trying to evoke Jaws, who also classic Bonville and never talked. But like, yeah. if you're going to cast somebody like give them some meat to work with, you know, like don't just toss them like six lines or whatever. And that's it. The only thing I'm hoping for is maybe he gets a more expanded role in part two. And that's why we didn't see too much of him here in Denny. I trust. Uh, and the other thing is um, I actually prefer. Patrick Stewart's gurney to uh, Josh Brolin's Brolin is like the one sore spot for me in this movie because he just comes off as one note. 
he's he's angry like he's angry all the time yeah. uh patrick stewart had a little more depth um in his portrayal of it and you know that's not necessarily on the actor it's on the script but uh but yeah i, I wasn't a huge fan of um dune part one's gurney yeah i think uh, with with that on that note like it's mm-hmm. two different movies i for the most for there's there's still the same scenes but excuse me i think there's definitely it's definitely because like that's a very 1984 as we said it's like very jokey mm-hmm. and very hokey and cheesy and you know i think in dune in this one i don't think anyone smiles i think uh duncan does maybe and i think paul does when he sees duncan so duncan's responsible for like two laughs and that that's pre- the two laughs in the movie um but I, I think it's just the tone they were going at to make him a little more like to make him kind of that like straight faced and you know um but i I think he i think i'd like in this type of movie i think he was perfect for that role i like him and i don't think you see his character die in this so i'm hoping he's still they still keep him around they don't like Mm -hmm. write him off um same with momoa too i i know they they show well they don't they don't they show him die but you know it's science fiction they'd pop him with some spice he'll be all right (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I, like, I assumed he was dead. He looked pretty dead to me, but yeah, I, I, but I don't remember. Did he ever? Did he pop back up in the 1984 one? Like, did he die in the 84 one? I don't. Did they show that? They kind of gloss I'll, over that. I'll be honest. I don't even remember that character from the he 84. Was, he was in it. He was in it because they did the same one where they said hi, and he's like, "I'm going to Dune a little early," and then they yeah. go to Dune, see him, right. and that's the last time I remember him being in this movie. He shows up in the, in the invasion in the 84 version, but I think he shows up and like he like lets Paul get away or something, and then I think he does ends up nothing. Getting, like, yeah, killed or something. So. All right. <laughs> Yeah, like I like cool. how they I like how they are including him as part of the Fremen. And you know, he had like an mm-hmm. in and knows a lot more. So I'm really hoping they bring him back. I from what I've seen online, like his character's been positive, like has been at positive receptions. And they killed ha- killed off half of this cast, like the main cast on this on this in this movie. They just they they're done. So they gotta like bring a lot of people in. And why would you get rid of I, I think 60% of their main cast is dead. So consequences, baby. Yeah, good. We're, we're the same. This ain't no Marvel movie. We're not keeping people around to fight. The oh, other yeah, yeah. That's true. But like um, you got rid of like your moneymakers like Oscar Isaac, Momoa. Um, hey, listen, uh, who else? They haven't they haven't introduced the Sting character. They haven't introduced the Emperor. They got plenty of time to cast more more established actors. We what just it, got to meet Zendaya. They're going to. Yeah. yeah. They're going to cast Chris like- Pratt as the Emperor. Oh, oh god! Don't you dare! Gosh. He's gonna don't do the put voice that on us, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna, <laughs> gonna do the voice of a sandworm. <laughs> but uh, it felt very uh, Ned Ned Starkish slash Game of Thrones to me with that, where it's like you cast Sean Bean as your main character in season one. He's gone. Spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, um, where it's like, where do we go from here? So I, I hear what you're saying with that, but I think you know, stay true to the plan and stay true to the books, and I assume they're probably dead. Um, but going back to Momoa, I really loved him and Rebecca Ferguson uh, in this movie. I felt like they were the two who had, I don't know if it's more just emotional moments in the movie, but where you could kind of tell that they were not just trying to be brooding or to be angry or to just kind of be like, as much as I love Oscar Isaac in this movie, he is kind of just a one note kind of honest, you know, again, going back to the Ned Stark comparison where he's like a good guy, but like, this isn't your story, dude. 
Um, and he just, you kind of birthed the Messiah. You aren't, you know, chosen to do anything. So, um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that that's how I feel about the characters, but I felt Momo and Rebecca Ferguson, like you keep giving them, well, not Momo cause sorry, Chris, he's gone, I think, but you know, it'd be interesting to see if Josh Brolin gets to do more, you know, Zendaya, as we mentioned, who the emperor is going to be, if we'll introduce another Harkonnen or Harkonnen, um, you know, and I, I think, I think they have enough to fill in the cast a little bit more with the actors who they have to kind of, you know, take some of that uh, screen time for sure. You could probably introduce some new Fremen also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Now nah, they'll bring uh, Momoa back. Well, I mean, <laughs> this goes from someone just... who isn't, I don't ever want to see Momoa in another movie again, other than Dune oh, 2. Geez. I... <laughs> Somebody didn't watch. Uh... Well, no. Jason, if you're out there listening and we yeah. know you are, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah. His comments did not reflect the rest this of the is... cast. Yeah, I would agree. Also, I, I, I want to jump back on that Batista thing. Um, You know, with, with some of his, like how they, sometimes they give him a lot, like, like not as much dialogue as in like if he wasn't the lead character. Um, Denis did that in Blade Runner 2049 with he had the opening scene and as um Batiste yeah. was in it. It's probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. They give him a lot of really cool dialogue. Um, but then you know, like like typical movie fashion, they just Greg, did you see Blade Runner 2049? I did not, but spoil away. Uh he doesn't make it past the first like 10, 50 minutes. Get um, out of here, really. He's 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 on he's, it. A, he's really good in the he's scene. A, it's a really good he is scene. he's a phenomenal a, in the scene. Um, so I recommend. I mean, I definitely movie. definitely recommend. He's not like a major character, but I definitely recommend watching. Like Blade Runner twenty four nine is probably my second favorite Denis movie behind Blade Runner. Crazy wow. or Benign Dune, Bind Dune. I'm sorry, um, Sicario all day. <clears throat> Sicario, dude. I, I honestly <laughs> like. Every, I feel like every week it changes because it's like. It could be Sicario. Yeah. It could be like Arrival. depending on which one you watch last. Uh, yeah. Arrival is pretty amazing. I I, yeah. I love I, I I can't I can't give any of his movies like under a nine. Like I think maybe his earlier ones like maybe Who, like uh, I like Prisoners or Enemy. Enemy I might give an eight, seven or an eight, but everything else is like is up there. Who uh who had Denny in their directors uh, top five when we were doing that? Who uh, who was that? Was that don't remember was that me? <laughs> <Was that> me. <laughs> believe it was me so uh yeah, yeah riding dune, for denny all day i would every still day. Dune, say his okay. resume is short but he's dune didn't come out yet. to be in there i will i will say i will say this I will, I will say this after this movie i feel like whatever denny wants if you're a studio if you're warner brothers and denny's like i got christopher nolan type ideas like here's the check my guy um i think this is definitely <laughs> you know i think the box office success still needs to come through but i feel like this is a um another level for him to hit that he can handle a project like this. It's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no arguments there. Love what do you guys Danny. think about the, the sandworm design compared to the Beetlejuice 1980 version? <laughs> the Beetlejuice. Uh, I mean, I, I like the sandworm. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was anything like revolutionary or anything like that, but it looked really good. It did its job. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if they have to do stuff in the daylight with it. Um, I mean, I know they kind of do show it a little bit, but like more like true daylight and how the special effects will look. Um, Cause there's that big scene at the, when they're running across the sand at night. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it's definitely obviously a huge improvement from the 84 version. Um, and like I said, that first worm scene with the rescue uh, when they're in the uh, flying, I guess, bug helicopters, 
uh, you know, that's why, that's why you go to the movies. That's why you see it on the biggest screen possible for, for scenes like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for it. Yeah. Um, also, we didn't get any inner voices. Um, I think a lot of his <laughs> dream, I think a lot of his dreams were like taking place of the inner voices um, that he was having of Zendaya and a couple of the other Fremen. Um, I don't think they were, they weren't really needed in this. Um, I yeah. think they did a good job kind of explaining what's going on in his head. He'll either just say it or, you know, I really liked the dream that he had where um, it was when they were in the tent and he, he was like, Oh, you know, like I, I keep hearing my name and it's, it's at the center of this giant religious war. And, you know, there, all this stuff is going on. And it's in that moment that he shows like, he's really hesitant to, to be the Messiah. Like he doesn't kind of want it because if it's going to lead to this universal war, um, you know, why, why would you want to be at the center of that? So that was pretty cool that they had that. Uh, And, you know, if that's taking the place of the inner voice, then so be it. (laughs) Give me the dreams. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing, the one thing that I like that I, and I point out on my notes is the only thing I saw in Dolby, like I felt like the sound was like really kind of off in Dolby and it like, I couldn't hear like that whole scene where he's saying like, you know, I like there are people are, there's a war in my name. And, and he was just kind of like saying stuff about fear and I couldn't really hear it. And it like, I want to go back and mm-hmm. watch it with subtitles, but it was kind of like him like yeah. freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was the only downside I saw of watching the movie. I don't know whether or not it's because I decided Dolby instead of IMAX, but. No, I would say I would say during times for me, there was trouble where like, I mean, especially when that Zimmer score gets going or there's yeah. multiple sound mixing. I mean, that's like kind of like a Nolan staple of like, what is he saying? What's happening? Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say that probably wasn't just you, Chris. I think a lot of people okay. would probably say I'm putting this all on was- HBO Max and figuring out what the scene actually was saying. It reminded me of like Inception where like the last like maybe 15 minutes of Inception when they're in the dream. It's like that that Zimmer yeah. horn is like oh, or McConaughey is in the bookshelf and he's kind of like, yeah. muffled. Yeah. <laughs> like they're like in that snow oh. area, like the like yeah. fourth level of the dream, and they're like rrr, rrr, all you hear is like mumbling is <laughs> love um, it. Give it to speaking, me every time. Speaking of voices, though, I do prefer the voice the sound of the voice when when they do the voice in this one i think it was mixed like so much better oh, yeah the yeah. the 84 version is just i mean it's them talking in a deeper voice and this it's actually mixed like it, there's like multiple layers to it uh so I, yeah. I thought that was really well done yeah now that that zimmer score though man that 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 blows you away in in in, in a theater I would, I was just going to say as a a final point for me, the, uh, the star, the star darker, the star darker, the the army of the emperor. (laughs) Is that what it's called? Sardaukar, I think. I think it's whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you want. Scars guard. Yeah. So (laughs) the scars guard army. Um, they, uh, those are some intense dudes. And, uh, what I really enjoyed about the scene with them when they come in the first time during the invasion, but especially the second time when they're, when they find Paul again, when him and his mom are going across the desert, the way they drop in and they just kind of airdrop and there's no sound for that. Like it could have been easy to just be like, let's give them a little sound or like that people know they're coming or they hear it. And that like, just to make it. So it's just like perfect silence as they come in, like yeah, it's bro, so they're doing black ops so- style. Oh, dude, absolutely amazing. 100% behind it. That that was uh, that was my thoughts on the, one of my final thoughts on, on that mm. to get it in. 
Um, my my only final thought I have is just it kind of goes back to the cast. One guy I want to I call out. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. David Dastamachlian, whatever. Uh, Dastamachlian. Yeah, sure. That dude, out, he should, his his name should be in Dune. Um, he, <laughs> um, right. dude, that dude kills it. He's killing he it. He is this year. in everything. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like he's in been every major, like every major IP, every ma- like pretty much like he just shows up. So a lot of props go to him. Um, Timothy Chalamet, a lot better than Kyle McLaughlin. Um, that dude, you know, they went with the right name here. I don't know who they else they had cast it. And Harry, I know you're going to appreciate this. Um, the uh, one lady from season two of Broadchurch is in this movie that I didn't know, um, you, which we just you know her name, Charlotte something. Um, rambling yeah there you go she's actually yeah, like a big a big actress so is she's she? been in many of other things yeah but cool. uh she's uh she's great she's that's great, great. loved her as the uh reverend mother mohaya yeah i hope she pops up uh, I, I think i'm terrifying only, i'm only riding her because of broad church but um yeah. you know we just finished well that. i mean you know to each their own we we all find we all find actors and actors in different ways, but she was in a movie 45 years, which I believe she was nominated for, um, for an Oscar and uh, a couple other things. So <laughs> um, I just went on her IMDb to look at some of her movies and I saw 45 years. I thought that was just saying how long she was acting it was 45 yeah. years. I didn't know there's an actual movie. Called that, uh, it's a bullet point, <laughs> not a movie. I would say, I would say if you're in a relationship or you've been married, don't watch that movie. So uh, that, those are, that's my advice uh, for that. Right. So cool. Um, Greg, what are your final thoughts on uh, on Dune? Uh, so I had two casting thoughts real quick, which was, um, first of all, Timothy Chalamet. Where's and now, uh, yeah, where's things? Uh, nah, Tim Chalamet. I don't think I've uh, I don't think I've seen him in any other movies, although I know he's a big name. But um, wow, he, he impressed me in this uh, for sure. I thought he was a great fit for the role and uh, really was able to convey and emote um, as needed. So. Uh, I am looking forward to checking out more of his stuff. Uh, and the other thing, Javier Bardem, another guy with not a big Ooh, part, love but talk about, talk about maximizing your minutes, man. Like anytime he was on screen, he was just electric with his charisma. Uh, he really plays um, like calm, cool, collected, mysterious guy, just mwah, spot on. So uh, I'm excited to see more of him as well. And just in general, I'm excited for more. Like I want, I can't wait for Dune Part Two, which I never thought I would be saying. Move it up, um, move it up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't make this like an Avatar Part Two type thing where it's twenty yeah, years no. later. Uh, let's give us Dune Part Two as soon as possible. <laughs> Warner Brothers, back up the dump truck some money to uh, Denise House, whatever it's taken. Um, but yeah, dude, looking forward to to the next installment. Uh, question for you guys is. Uh, and I don't know if this is rhetorical or an actual question or whatever, but like, um, are they doing three parts or is it just two or is it undecided yet? Like what's going so on? There? What, what I was hearing was like, Denis just did it. Uh, uh, and Harry mentioned earlier where I think like it was late in marketing that they said they were going to do, they were going to do a part one. Now, like if you were kind of following the production, I think a lot of like, they kind of said they saw like, I think Denis, I don't know if Denis or someone had said, one of the cast members said that they it's definitely going to be like a multi picture kind of deal. But I think what they're going to do is like doing like Dune has 15 books mm-hmm. and it's not, it's a lot of it is um, like kind of, I guess you can compare it to like, excuse me with Lord of the Rings, like the Cimmerillion, like it, it, it's a lot of 
um, explaining a lot of like, like, um, like spinoffs, I guess, of the Dune world. Um, But but there's one, there's two, uh, there's the one book. And the uh, the rumor is that the third movie is going to be Dune Messiah, which is his own book. And after that takes place after, um, after I guess what we Dune part two, assuming where they end it. Um, which I think focuses I and I haven't read Doom Messiah, but the the what it makes it I kind of think it focuses a lot on Paul's kind of like role after after the events of Dune. Okay, um, so we think but I, that part two will cover up to the end of the OG and then that's my yeah, that's what be... I would think. Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of people are saying like and, and like I said, like I know like reading the book 20 years ago, I know that part one, that's not where the book ended. Like that's kind of like there's still a lot more story to tell from the book. Um, but I think this was I think this was like more halfway into the book where they ended it there. And the part two is going to focus on the second half of the main book. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, any other final thoughts on Dune? No, um, Greg, for Timothy Chalamet, watch The King on Netflix. Um, it's about King Henry the Fifth, which is a really good. What? What was that face uh, for? Her? I mean, if you're throwing out Timothy Chalamet work, I, I don't know if that's the first thing I would go to. Well, I didn't see you call uh, me by your name, so um, I would definitely. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of problematic now. With, or uh, the, the other Lord Little Women, the, the Little Mouse Women. X video. I saw that. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's nice. Don't get don't get confused. He is not in that. Um, yeah. Little Nas was X also in, moon. and he's in Interstellar. So if you want to watch that, um, uh, is he? I didn't know that. Well, he's, he's the, the son when he's like fifteen. He's in it for like, oh. like three. He's also he say, also uh, has a small role. He also has a small role in Lady Bird, um, which he's really good in, and that's a superior movie to King Richard for sure. So sure, the king's good. Okay. Or Little Women, uh, watch that too. That's better. Yeah. All right, so I've got some stuff on the list. Um, all right, uh, well, thank you for the recos on that. Uh, we're done Dune Talk, but Harry, you want to give us a summary of some of the awesome content you saw at the uh, Philly Film Festival? Yeah, listen, so obviously, you know, when we were doing our last episode, I talked about the Philly Philadelphia Film Festival was upon us. And uh, it's, um, you know, I get to go with my friend, Sean, Spencer, Mike, we're usually the, the the culprits down there. My friend, Dom, sorry, Dom, I didn't mean to not include you on that. Um, and, you know, they usually do a lot of, I would say, more art house things. So not a lot of things that probably you've heard of or seen, but they definitely try to lean into, you know, awards contenders. Um, you know, you could probably sometimes look at the New York Film Festival um, or, you know, see some of the cans can or Sundance and see kind of what's coming up the pike. Um, so, yeah, they usually do it for about 12 days. Anybody in the area or I would highly suggest if you have a film festival in your area to try to get to it. Um, it's a great way to support, you know, theaters that aren't, you know, the AMCs, the Regals of the world that are the most popular places. And, you know, usually tickets are fairly cheap and you get to see movies, you know, before they even come out. So I saw uh, French, Dis- French Dispatch, which I won't spend too much time on because it's out now. So people can go get a chance to see it. Uh, but it was I felt like it was, you know, some of the best Wes Anderson. Um, I still think Budapest and Moonrise and, you know, maybe even you can make the case some of his older work like, you um, you know, Rushmore are, are better, but I feel like this was a, a return to form. Um, it's uh, owed to the New Yorker magazine. Um, it's broken down in the five parts. Um, it's really kind of three mini movies in a way. 
Um, but it's just a really fun time and very Wes Anderson me. Uh, so if you're not in on Wes Anderson, I wouldn't suggest it because uh, he's still doing his thing. So have you guys had a chance to see this one yet? I have not. Uh, to be honest, I don't get a not lot a of huge time West to go no, I I absolutely am, but I don't get a ton of time to go out to the movies. So when I go, I usually see stuff yeah. that's going to be big and bombastic and all that stuff. I will right. definitely catch this, but probably not till it's like on home release. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the same. I I, I I was anticipating this probably most of um like probably behind Dune. Like I'm a huge Wes Anderson. Yeah. Fan, but like you know it's it's if this was like maybe five years ago when i went to the movies like three four times a week um i yeah. probably would go see it but yeah i i saved yeah. mine for dune and and spider-man yeah well i mean it'll definitely you know i'm sure you guys will catch it but uh you know i wouldn't be surprised if it gets the usual kind of you know five to eight oscar nominations you know for different things and it's just kind of nominated for a bunch and maybe doesn't you know win too much but um, yeah, I felt like this was, this was another high point for Wes. Um, so this next movie that I'm going to talk about is, is probably a smaller one. Definitely. You guys probably haven't heard of it. And maybe a lot of the fans out there haven't heard of it, but, uh, a lot of these movies that I saw really make you like think about life. And, you know, as far as like escapism, when we were talking about Dune, um, yeah, that's kind of what you're going for a lot of times. And these movies made me question a lot of things in life. So, and really reflect on your life. Uh, so the one film drive my car, um, it's uh, directed by uh, Rusuki Hamaguchi, I believe his name is. Um, he's a young filmmaker. Um, this is Japan's choice for best international film uh, for this year's Oscars. So obviously no nominations have come out, but I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't get a nomination. It is three hours long. Um, and it really makes you think about your decisions in life and how to be more present in your life currently. Um, and the story kind of tells that, um, with some things that happen, um, you know, when we talk about movies and you kind of see the opening credits or the opening scroll, uh, this movie doesn't show you who the actors are, the title of film until about an hour into the movie. Um, and you see why during it. Um, so it's a real interesting picture. I would say if, if Oscars do come out when they do later on, uh, probably at the beginning of next year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is on the list for best international film. And uh, it really, it really kind of hits you and makes you ponder, you know, how, how can I be more present and enjoyable and enjoy my life more currently? Um, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays yeah, off right? for him. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> um, next film, uh, which you guys will probably be more interested in and maybe the audience will be too, is Come On, Come On, directed by Mike Mills, who did the film Beginners uh, with Ewan McGregor and... Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, and I shouldn't be. Um, just passed away recently. Um, I'll come back to it. But anyway, so he did Beginners. Uh, this movie stars Joaquin Phoenix. He's a kind of a podcaster slash NPR type guy um, who goes who uh, visits his sister um, who's having some marital issues, and he spends time with his nephew, kind of watching him, and it just kind of involves them going around, uh, you know, the country in a way because he's traveling to do interviews. Um, this is filmed in black and white, so you know, for people who isn't that their their taste, uh, would definitely say give it a shot um, because it's a real heartwarming movie about family you know, and what we decide to do, um, you know, what we share, what we don't share, you know, and the, the mechanics that go into family dynamics. Um, so I would say if, uh, if you guys are looking, uh, you know, Joaquin is obviously great in it, but I think it could be, you know, I think he could get nominated. Um, as far as this being nominated for any best pictures, I wouldn't say uh, yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's snuck in, it depends on how, how it hangs around. So you guys have any interest in this one, or have you seen any coming attractions for it? Uh, haven't seen any coming attractions, but it sounds like something that would be right up my yeah. alley. 
Yeah. Yeah. We'll call this, not, we'll call this, not, yeah. I haven't seen anything on it. <laughs> well, it, it's really good. So I think there might be a trail out for it. So if you, if you take a look at it, um, I think it, I think it would interest uh, you guys as well, especially with young kids. Um, but um, yeah, that one, that one recommended is probably the best thing I saw at the festival or one of the best things um for it uh so one of the best performances i saw at the festival um we're just gonna call this like awards time with harry this this is great guys <laughs> i hope i hope the audience out there is thrilled and enthralled and can't wait till the next choice um so just trying to rush through these really quick uh spencer uh pablo lorraine uh who did jackie uh with natalie portman about jackie kennedy or jackie onassis um and it stars kristen stewart with, who absolutely i love um gets a bad rap for the twilight films but she's a wonderful actress uh she plays princess diana greg i can't wait till you see this and we can have a discussion about it um it's a really powerful performance in a movie that makes you feel suffocated with pressure um he does a really good job it's beautifully made wouldn't be surprised if this is gets wins awards for production um costumes hair and makeup possibly um you know set does whatever you want to call it um it's and I, I won't I will be surprised if Kristen Stewart is not nominated for best actress for this movie. So do, does this focus on Princess Diana? Yes. Is that what the, yeah, it okay. focuses on a time. I forget exactly what year. I think it's like 93, 94, somewhere in there. Um, but just a moment in time in her life. Um, and just uh, it's really it's really intense. And, and like I said, it really makes you feel suffocated with pressure. Anybody who's been pressured a job, school you know, you kind of get transformed into that and, and you definitely- royal family, man. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm not, I'm not huge on the Royal family, but this, this really stuck out for me. I think it was one of the best performances I saw. Hands, any thoughts on it? Skipping it. Uh, I, uh, I'll probably, I'll probably end up skipping it. I don't know. I, I've been hearing good things about Kristen Stewart. Um, I don't like her, her, her resume for me isn't great, but this could turn it around. I don't know. I mean, we'll look at Robert Pattinson. Hands up. I haven't seen a lot. Of, I haven't seen a lot of his movies, and I'm excited for Batman. So, I'm with you on Kristen Stewart. Hands, uh, I did like her in Adventureland, but um, everything else can go bye bye. See, I see. I we've discussed before. I'm not a, a Adventureland guy, but uh, yeah. that's wrong. That's a bad take. Um, next <laughs> film is called Red Rocket, uh, directed by Sean Baker, who did uh, the Florida Project and Tangerine. Uh, that movie, Tangerine, was on Netflix for a while. Uh, it stars Simon Rex of MTV and Scary Movie fame. Uh, it's about a former porn star falling on hard times due to his pretty much his own stupidity, as you find out. Um, and he comes back to his home state of Texas from California and just chaos ensues. Um, Sean Baker is a really interesting filmmaker. Um, he, I, I don't want to call his films like low budget, but you can definitely get the sense of like you're almost watching almost, I don't want to say real people, but like he definitely creates characters and puts them in a world that feels as though it could be taken out of the world of, of that place, whether it be in Florida, as is one movie, California, Texas. Um, he does a really good job with that. So highly recommend this. It's, it's kind of a comedy as well. Um, and I'll be surprised if Simon Rex isn't getting Oscar buzz um, a little bit, but it would, it would not, it wouldn't be a stretch for me because he's such a character in this movie and it's pretty hilarious. I did not see uh, tangerine, but I adore the Florida project. Yeah. Um, I think that was a great movie. And yeah, you're right. He he had a knack for making the characters, setting everything feel very real, realistic. So um, yeah. this one. Very colorful movie, me for too. sure. Yeah. yeah. And he's, I think out of. Co- yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say he uses color in a really interesting way to pop. And it doesn't it's not like it's it stands out. It just kind of just 
it flows so well in the movie where it's just like that becomes part of some characters even with it. So it's, it's mm-hmm. really cool, especially Florida project. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, who hasn't been in that, in that case where they're a porn star and something goes wrong and they got to go back to their hometown. Oh man. I tell you. Yeah. I tell you it's been a while, but I hear you. <laughs> Towels all this time. <laughs> um, next, next movie. I only got, I only got four more here and the, the two of these last four are going to be really interesting. I think for some people, especially, uh, you know, uh, our most avid listeners. Um, so the next film is the humans. It's based off a play, uh, which has a twist on kind of a family drama. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, but try to go in, you know, without knowing too much. And maybe you might be surprised. Stars Richard Jenkins, Beanie Feldstein, Amy Schumer, Stephen Young, um, June Squibb, and Jane, I want to say your last name is Hudichel. Um, she was actually the actress who performed the role of the mother in the play. And she, you can tell, you know, she really stands out in the movie and her character kind of plays a central role. I mean, they all kind of play central roles and kind of, but and again, another movie where it's, you know, a family drama, family dynamics and what, you know, kind of baggage and emotion everybody kind of brings to the table with that. So um, like I said, you can tell it's definitely off of a play. It kind of takes place in this one apartment in New York, um, but it has a twist on the family drama, which I think I would be interested to see what people, how people feel about it. I wasn't 100% sold on it and didn't really love it as much as some of the, some of my friends who I went with, but um, it was still a pretty solid film. So keep that one in mind. Um, a lot of good cast there. Uh, Antlers, um, that was uh, directed by Scott Hooper, C- Cooper, who did Crazy Heart. He did Hostel. Uh, there's another movie I'm forgetting off the top of my head, um, but it stars Kerry Russell and Jesse Plemons. Um, this was kind of just subpar horror movie to me. Um, I was hoping it would be a little bit more highbrow and a little bit more challenging, but it kind of fell apart with its story. Um, not trying to spoil it for anybody, but if you're into horror movies, I think there's things you'll find that you enjoy about this. But for me, it just kind of was your run of the mill horror. Um, so I was the Antlers, gore in it. Um, it wasn't too bad. There were moments, but I think they're few and far between. But Jesse Plemons, man, just keep giving that guy roles and keep giving him things to do. Uh, anytime Jesse Plemons is on screen, I love it. So I would, I would, this would probably be the only one that I came out of the festival being a little bit meh on. But um, everything else, you know, I would say is pretty solid so far. Uh, the so the last two here, the one is King Richard. So this is the Will Smith movie, and. For the fans out there, they know my feelings on Will Smith. Um, so this is the story of the Williams sisters and how their father, w- Richard Williams, had a plan for them, you know, growing up and trained them pretty much their whole life to be tennis stars. And as much as I hate and did not, and I love the knock on Will Smith, he killed it in this role. I'm not going to lie. Uh, definitely going to be an Oscar nomination for sure. Um, and I, I don't want to say it, but like, I felt like I wasn't watching Will Smith. I felt like I was watching a character, you know, I felt like I was watching Richard Williams from seeing some, you know, YouTube clips of interviews and kind of growing up with the Williams sister story, but not being too familiar. Um, The movie absolutely rides on Will Smith, but also has great supporting roles from the mother of the Williams sisters to the Williams sisters themselves. Um, And uh, John Bernthal in the movie, he absolutely kills it. He has a small role, small little cameo, but um, anytime Bernthal's in a movie, he absolutely kills it. So I hate to admit it, but I think Will Smith might uh might have a chance this year for it. So um, wow. as much as I as much as I bash him, I gotta give him I gotta give him some credit here because I think he really really did a great job. This was probably the most popular screening that I went to too. And I mean, being in Philadelphia, Will Smith, um, you know, um, you know, and it's a story that I think you know doesn't you know, and it, it's kind of a paint by numbers, you know, as far as a sports, I want to say inspirational movie. 
but I think the moments, some, sometimes they just hit you and they hit you right in the feels. And, you know, even though, you know, you feel like you're being played to a little bit, it still mm-hmm. kind of resonates really well. I think. I was going to say, I think this, this uh, film is probably out of all the list of the, the titles that you saw, probably the most high profile, maybe French dispatch, yeah. but, but yeah. yeah, this one's got a, a lot of buzz behind it. Yeah. Yeah. This one will definitely be up in during award season hands. Right. When you when you um, do the editing on this, can you go back and get the sound clip of Harry just <laughs> ripping apart Will Smith? Listen, I stand by what I said, but like he really he really surprised me in this. I came out pleasantly surprised right now. Um, play it that you play right now. after he says it. We'll and so the um, final... I, I know I'm actually excited to go see ahead. this. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Will Smith fan. I and I like, you know, I go with John Bernthal. I'm a huge fan of his. Like I, I like um pretty much everything I've seen him in. I think he does a great job. Like he is when we talk about actors, but range, I feel like he's all over the yeah. place in a good way. Um, but you know, Will Smith, I'm a, I, I even like collateral beauty. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Will Smith. So looking forward yeah, to this. I think you'll, I think, you'll I like think this, this is the though. only other than taking out French dispatch. I think this is the only movie that I've actually seen a trailer for that of these. Interesting. Movies. So, Oh, maybe. Well, yeah. oh, and uh, the, the twilight one, uh, Spencer. Yeah. Yeah, I think Spencer and Red Rock. Twilight well, one. <laughs> Twilight one. Spencer and Come On, Come On, I think will definitely get some awards love. So I think you'll hear with them because they're not even out yet. And that's the other thing, too, with this is yeah. like I'm talking about movies that like won't come out for another couple of weeks. And then you'll you'll start to kind of hear them in the, you know, on the on the Twitter, as they say. Are um, any of these I, are any, are any yeah. of these like set for like a streaming release or are they all theatrical? Do you know? Um, I would probably say, yeah, usually I would say in the last couple of years. So last year, the Philadelphia Film Festival was pretty much all digital because of COVID. Right. Rightly so. There were some drive-ins, but like sometimes those were were tough to get to. But um, I would say usually Netflix has a pretty big presence there, but this year they didn't. And I was surprised at that. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything, you know, like Harder They Fall, which I know might have just come out today of our recording. You know, usually they have one or two, but I don't. I'm also trying to think, I think the, the Leo movie um, directed by, um, we mentioned him earlier, um, Adam McKay, um, that's coming out in like, Christmas. Oh, yeah. like that, that would have been something that I think I would have wanted look to up, see, right? but yeah. yeah, don't look up, yeah. but it's, but it's, but it wouldn't have been something at a Philadelphia film festival premiere. So mm-hmm. like, I remember Irishman was like a premiere at the New York film festival and that's why it was at the Philly one. Um, so but it also it depends on the time of the release. And I think a lot of things have either because there was a couple of awards contenders like Titan, which would have been a perfect one that would have been at the festival, but just came out earlier than I think people had anticipated. So um, last night in Soho is another one. And even French Dispatch, like I saw that a day before it actually came out. So it wasn't really like, you know, but, you know, last night in Soho would have been one, too. But like it would have maybe been more of a Thanksgiving release that would have made more sense for it. But sometimes it's just timing, but yeah, nothing, nothing that I think is straight to streaming. There might've been stuff there, but I either didn't see it or um, didn't catch it. Cause usually there are one or two that are little, literally be on like Amazon, like a week or yeah. two later um, for it. Um, but the best thing I saw at the festival, um, I think besides come on, come on. Cause I'm debating on it, but I think it was the worst person in the world. Um which it's hard to talk about because I'm unfamiliar with the director. 
And this was kind of a movie sometimes when you go to festivals or sometimes, you know, when you're scrolling through Netflix or, you know, you're scrolling through Hulu and it's just like, I'm going to take a chance, you know what I mean? Or you, you kind of just throw, throw your arms up and say, this looks like in my lane. Um, and this is another movie that kind of you watch and you think about your life. Um, it's, it's about a story of a woman in four years in her life. Um, the character's name is Julie. Uh, it's play, played by, I hope I pronounced her name right. Renee, Renate, Renavese. Um, I hope I'm Harkinen. saying that right, but yeah, Harkonnen, exactly. Um, <laughs> but her performance in this is absolutely astounding. Um, she really, really, this movie is so beautifully told, so relatable in just the way of any, if, even if you're in your thirties, your twenties, you know, getting out of college, you know, being a parent, you know, I think there's a lot of things that you can take away from this movie. Um, and there's a scene in this movie where Julie is running across Oslo. Um, the director, Yo Joachim Trier, he's kind of done two other movies with Oslo. Um, and he's he's a director that I would love to visit some more of his work. Um, but there's a scene when she's running across Oslo that's really just wonderful. Um, probably one of the best scenes I saw at the festival, um, if you want to break it down like that. And just would highly recommend this. This might be one that goes that I would highly recommend for people that like if you see it come across your radar on a streaming platform at some point um, or you, you're going out to a theater and you're unsure. Maybe you've seen, you know, uh, you know, some of the big movies. But this one, I think will get some Oscar buzz. Um, hopefully for best international or hopefully for best, best picture, hopefully for best actress, um, possibly even best director, but um, really, really enjoyed this film. Um, but again, it's another film that leaves you at the end of it being like, huh, life, what a ride. Um, so yeah, but would highly suggest this to anybody out there. This, this one and come on, come on would be the two and Spencer um, and King Richard, actually. Sorry. The more I talk about it, the more all of them, all yeah, of them, listen. except the antlers. <laughs> yeah. But listen, I mean, there's, I think there's always something at the festival for people to enjoy. And like I said, if you ever get an opportunity to, to go to a festival or, you know, to kind of see some earlier movies, you know, um, especially if they're going to be Oscar, you know, that's my lane. Um, so yeah, so this has been, this has been uh, awards awards, 20 minutes with Harry. I appreciate the, uh, the time for it. So thanks for the indie roundup. <laughs> yeah hopefully there's something in there for you guys to catch and we can we can re you know rediscuss or hopefully there'll be something that uh the fans out there are excited to see and you know they'll now now they're taking my recommendations and then running with it i love it um i, yeah. I actually have to be a little honest i did see the trailer for the worst person in the world and i was kind of intrigued by it so there's that you did? no i really did i'm not lying oh yeah yeah, it's yeah a, i was, it's I was really kind of intrigued movie. by it yeah so it's I will really check that movie. out if it comes on streaming. So I'm not paying for it. Well, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do a pod when it's uh when it's out. I'll I'll take you okay. to the movies. I'll just go in with my A list, and you can I'll scan you in, and then you can just go in. I'll go out the back door. It'll be great. Look uh, for art house takes coming soon. <laughs> yeah, my my new podcast, the worst person in the world. Listen, in a couple months, everyone, we're going to be doing Oscar roundup every end of any every episode. I'll be talking about the new races, who's up, who's in the lead, who isn't. It'll be great. Yeah. I, I don't know why we didn't do an Oscar podcast when uh, when that came around this year. That's kind of weird a strange last thing. year. It was weird last year. Yeah. The, it was moved. A lot of stuff was, was coming late. out in different times. And it was just yeah. like, I, I think like we had hard. other topics. Yeah. No, yeah. we'll definitely do one this year uh, oh. or next year, as it were. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Harry. Thank you uh, for the roundup. And uh, boys, it was a pleasure talking Dune with you guys, both the uh, OG and the uh, new version. Uh, Harry, anything for the peeps? 
listen, we get to talk about Dune and we get to talk about art house movies. I am in my bag. Um, I'm in my lane. Um, appreciate everyone listening. I hope you guys enjoyed Dune as much as we did. I hope you guys get to see some of the movies that'll that I talked about that I saw at the festival when they come out. Keep an eye out on them. I'll definitely, you know, we'll definitely circle back on some of them and uh, appreciate everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Hands, anything for the peeps? Yeah, thanks for listening to our uh, love of Dune. Um, if you made it this far, as always with our shows, because we do spoil a lot. If you haven't seen it, but you still listen to the episode anyway, thank wow. you. Um, yeah, so what you absolutely. should do is listen, watch the 1984 version, watch the 21, actually watch 1984, listen to our podcast, watch 2021, come back and listen to our podcast, and then go to the <laughs> film festivals and watch all these movies and listen a third time. That's that's a whole lot of whole lot uh, of movies. Make sure you got yeah. plenty of spice to get you through. <laughs> You're gonna need all right. to be on some. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. To be able to how get did we? How did we not even? How did we not even pick that up as, as Papa Spice? And we just wanted uh, a review of two movies that their main plot revolved around. Um, that is a drug, uh, fair drug point. I didn't even spice. think about that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not the drug spice. The movie, the movie for the people. <laughs> Yes. The movie for the right. heads out there all around the world. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, as always, for tuning in or listening. Uh, be sure to leave us a five-star review if you're on iTunes. Uh, give us comments on your takes on Dune or any of the movies that Harry mentioned or just movies in general. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about, by all means, let us know. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, Spice Fam, keep it spicy.